This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. The silver mines, there's a kind-hearted woman, she's looking so fine, always taking care of her community, bringing folks together is her cup of tea. She's out on the road and all over the web, with a big smiling heart, it's About Town Deb. And welcome to this week's episode of About City Talk with About Town Deb, and I'm so excited to have Kim Surratt back once a month. I had her, yes. So Kim, put your hand up so they know who you are. Uh, how about my whiskey up? There we go. Do that. And Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Serrero, Serrero, with safe embrace. So do you have a cup or something that you can hold up? Let's do it. Exactly. I'm still at the office, so I just have a little okay. water, but stay okay. hydrated. Well, cheers. Let's cheers. do it. Cheers to amazing women in our community who are rocking the world and coming together to make a difference. So we're going to, you have to take a sip or you can't cheer, even if it's water. <laughs> even with water? Mm-hmm. Simple requirements of cheers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. so, with all of that said, I am excited to be here. We are a production of phoenixmedia.us and Christian behind the scenes is doing all the work to make this happen. And thank you, Christian. You can go to phoenixmedia.us and find out about all the different shows. You can go to abouttowndeb.com and find out more um, if you want to be a sponsor or be a part of our show or have some cool show ideas. So normally the beginning of the show, we kind of say a little bit about, well, we are going to be talking um, with Jessica and Kim has lots of questions for her and Safe Embrace um, has parted with Awaken and they have a great project they're doing and so much more that's so important we're going to talk about. So stay tuned for that. It'll probably be the end of the first segment, beginning the second segment. Or end the whole rest of the show. So we normally say a little bit about what has been happening with me. I was excited. I got to go to kind of closer to Kim's neck of the woods. I, Jazzy Georgia and Melissa and I, who's my new social media gal and assistant, just like Georgia, she's a rock star. I have two amazing women and Kim on the sidelines, making sure we do everything legally and right with her law practice. <laughs> but we went to um, Carson City and stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. I saw and, that. Oh, I'm, I'm like telling you. So it is so clean. I think now hotels and restaurants are doubly clean, triply clean, but they totally, we got to the room, there was flowers, there was candy and I ate all the candy and they had chips and I actually brought the candy home and just finished it today. So whiskey and chocolate, I don't know, but I, that was my day today. Um, but we had an amazing time in Carson City and we were actually, we were thinking about Jim because Jim had said that he works above the Squeeze Inn, correct? In yeah, Carson correct. Is that where Jim's office is right? Yeah. Above the Squeeze Inn and we were Carson. at Old World Coffee and George is like, there's a reason why I'm remembering somebody we know like works really close to this. And we went, she goes, oh, Jim. So we, we were actually going to text him and say, are you at work? But we we're, we just had a quick cup and we left. So had a great oh, time. Oh, you should have. He'd have loved it. <laughs> well, we'll be there often now. And then we went, we went a little further and went into um, 
Carson Valley and we see at the Carson Valley Inn and we got spoiled. And that reminded me of Kim because Kim is all about Basque food. I am. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So you might know, I don't know. They like, there's dollars up there and somebody said you throw them. How do you make a dollar stick to a wall? Do you have a dollar up there, Kim? Um, I do not because I failed every time, but my son got one up there. Are you serious? Yeah, no, but it's, it's not easy. They show you the trick. They show you a trick to it. But they didn't show you? Yeah, but I'm very, I'm not talented. You know, I don't have hand-eye coordination. That's <laughs> you, you can shoot a bow. You can shoot a bow. Come on. If you can shoot I can, a bow, but throwing things, oh, I don't throw things. Uh, Ask anybody in my family. I don't yeah, know. so we really had a great time. So we stayed, um, we did a little bit of shopping. We um, Carson Valley Inn, I had not been there in such a long time. And we had a beautiful suite and a steakhouse. Oh, my gosh. We need to all go there. It was so good. And... Um, Every week, the meal was exquisite. They spoiled us. Um, Georgia did a little bit of gambling. Um, we met some cool people, met some new friends. Jim and I go down to Douglas County all the time for dates. We love it okay. down there. Well, then you know what? I need yep. some tips on date nights there because I'm going to, I'm also going to continue. There's an store called the Red Barn that has Ooh, the Red Barn. Oh, cool okay. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to get after hours, we're going to be talking about where we can plan some cool getaways for Valentine's Day. So that really, the whole weekend and last part of the week, I was exploring new areas in our own backyard in Nevada. And um, we also went there because I was did my segment, I have an About Town Dev segment on Good Day Carson, which is changing, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell, to Good Day Nevada. You heard it here. Oh, there you go. There you so go. anyway, so that's exciting because now About Town Dev can like, you know, we want to focus on the smaller towns in Nevada. And Kim, I know you know no, all that's about- my forte. It is your forte. So I love I old Nevada. And that's what we want to focus on. So About Town Deb is going to be a little bit more rural than city when I'm in the Carson Valley area So and Carson City. So I'm excited about that. So that's pretty much what, what I've been doing is just doing that and now coming back doing social. But now it's time to get on to business business. So... Um, Jessica, we have a couple minutes before we get into the meat and potatoes of this. Um, tell us a little bit about Safe Embrace. Then we come back, I'll let Kim take over. Okay, sounds good. So Safe Embrace is a local nonprofit here in the Reno Sparks area. Um, we serve survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. Um, we have the largest uh, co-ed shelter here in Washoe County. Um, we have 32 beds. We also have some pretty extensive community housing programs that are currently housing anywhere between 20 and 28 families, um, because really our goal is about self-sustainability. We have legal resources, we have legal advocates that can assist with TPOs. Um, When court is in session, they can do court accompaniment, things like that. Um, We also have a really robust awareness and outreach and prevention education program. So we do a lot of these different campaigns throughout the year, really just to raise awareness. So we did a large campaign in October for Domestic Violence Awareness Month, we're doing one this month obviously for human trafficking and then April we will launch our sexual assault awareness campaign so we kind of cover the gamut from all the way to prevention to intervention and anything in between so kind of just trying to do everything we can well you are doing everything you can and so much more so we're going to take our first break and when we come back Kim is going to take over and she's got some hard-hitting questions for you we want to find out a lot about your um 
your new campaign you're doing and lots more. So stay tuned. It's about Tom Depp, Kim Surratt on City Talk. And also, we also want to thank Kim as our sponsor with Surratt Law Practice and Kirk Allure with Gratis Gives Processing. And we'll mention him when we come back too. We'll be right back. Cheers. She's out on the road and all over the web with a big smiling heart. It's about town, Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the second segment of City Talk. And I'm About Town Deb, your host, with Kim Surratt by my side right down there. And Jessica is right over here um, with Safe Embrace. And I want to thank Kim Surratt one more time, and I thank her all the time, um, Surratt Law Practice for being our sponsor, and Kirk Allure with um, Gratis Gives Processing. And it's good timing that Jessica's here with Safe Embrace because a portion of your credit card processing fees or payment fees go there, go right back to you. And, yeah. and to, I want to say there's 11 or 12 nonprofits locally that they support. So I'm excited to be a part of that. So now anytime Kim makes a payment, she's making a donation. So it's really cool. So I'm very happy with that. And the little tune you heard, that is my friend, Dee Dee James. Um, oh, my little bells are ringing. Um, that is Dee Dee James. You go to ddjames.com and um, the hair as usual is compliments of caliber. So there we go, Kim. I'm going to let you take it over for the second segment. All right. Let's dig in, Jessica. This is always kind of the, it, it's heavy, I know, especially yeah. when we go from talking about whiskey and, and Carson Valley Inn and vacations, right? right? But it's heavy. How do you answer this? This is what I get as a family law attorney all the time. There's human trafficking in Reno, Nevada. My kids aren't, you know, susceptible to that. They would know, I would know if they were. How do you answer those families? Um, You know, it's... It's a really interesting question because it does happen. Um, we know it happens. We hear it happens. I mean, when you look at where we rank nationally in terms of human trafficking, we are ninth, ninth in the nation. And it happens in our backyard. And there are a lot of different factors as to why it's happening in our backyard. Um, you know, I have a funny story about labor trafficking. You know, that was one of the things that I was like, no, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in Reno. That doesn't, it, that happens in rural communities. Um, we've actually served numerous survivors here in Reno that were labor trafficked. And I was, I was blown away the first time because I was like, this really is happening. Yeah, so I'm going to jump in. I don't know if the public labor. knows what labor trafficked means. That's yeah. What I was so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, in our, as somebody who is forced to work for um, little to no wage, um, a lot of times they are, 42% of them are male. Um, some of the industries that we see are like your agricultural industries, your construction industries, your housekeeping. That's where we've seen a lot of our survivors who are coming out of that, that situation are coming from housekeeping or hospitality. So it is being forced to work. Um, you know, and there are times where some of these labor trafficking survivors are also experiencing the sex trafficking as well. And, you know, we, we live in Nevada. It's a 24 hour town. There's this hustle and bustle, 24 hour nightlife. You know, we have legalization of brothels in all but two counties, you know, so it really is one of those things that, and, and, and again, we are and I-80 on the I-80 corridor across you know? the country. Yeah. There's, there's access to Nevada. I mean, people come and go. And we find that a lot of times, you know, our survivors that are coming are traveling through and they're just coming through They're you know, they're coming from Sacramento and then they're going all the way through Nevada and stopping in and 
you know, accessing service. So it does happen. It's a serious issue. And it, it's always interesting to me, you know, that people are like, oh, that can't be my kid. It does. It happens yeah. to, you know, I think a lot of times we see that, you know, yes, is there a certain population that are pimps prey on? Absolutely. Well, there's but, the susceptible, right? Exactly. Yeah. But it happens to, you know, it can happen to families living in any area with any SES in, in town. And I think that's what people don't fully understand is that, you know, it just doesn't happen to, oh, well, it just happens to, you know, the, the girls boys in foster care, the ones who are kind of forgotten about it. It can happen to anybody. And that's what I try and tell them. And we're, you know, when we're out there doing prevention education, we're talking about these issues with the youth, you know, really making them aware of what are the warning signs? What are the red flags? Like, what are some things that you should look for, um, you know, if somebody is, you know, in essence, sort of grooming you. So it does, it happens. It's, it is heavy. It's sad. I mean, when we look at just, I mean, in one year, the number collectively that Safe Embrace and Awaken have served. And a lot of those clients we serve holistically together, you know, 195, you know, that's, you know, it, that's a lot of victims, you know, to serve in one year. And it, they come with a very unique set of circumstances. And so these aren't, these aren't victims that, you know, they recover quickly. They need a lot more. A lot of them have, you know, dual diagnoses, they have mental health issues, they have substance abuse issues. So we're really looking at a very unique population. So we're looking, part of the reason we're having this conversation is because January's Human Trafficking Awareness Month, right? So we're almost at the end of January, but I have found personally that uh, you, you use some keywords that I think the public should know more about. And I think every parent of every child should know this. And it's not just parents of teenagers because Every child will become a teenager someday, right? <laughs> Every child will be outside of your control at some point uh, or your complete control, unlike the infant, right? And grooming was one of those keywords that you threw out there really quick. But, um, I, you know, the, the heart-wrenching moments I have with parents after their child's been groomed and after their child disappears into human trafficking is that had they just known yep. what that was or known more about it, can you give us a little more insight about it to help these parents? Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I will be very honest with, you know, our population is mostly adults. We don't really do a right. whole lot of services with youth, but when we are doing some of those collaborative things with human trafficking and looking at some of those, those red flags, you know, of like, um, you know, and we always like to say with even, you know, our kids and our adults, it's not necessarily a male potentially that is grooming. You know, we sometimes find well, that- Everybody always thinks that, right? It's they, such they a do. gender-oriented thought process. They yeah. do, and sometimes it's, you know, friends are bringing them into these situations and things like that and saying, hey, like, you know, you can make a lot of money fast or, you know, there's this older, charming individual that is, you know, um, you know, buying them nice things and doing all these nice things for them that maybe they're not getting at home necessarily, or they feel spoiled or they're getting that attention. And they're just really kind of starting to, you know, groom them into like, okay, let's give you all these nice things and then start to talk about this lifestyle. And then we see that it's not necessarily how it's perceived that way. Well, so. and it comes out, so you talk about job grooming too, right? So I know I've done a lot of work with the National Council of Juvenile and Family Court Judges. And we've looked at, I've, I've gone to seminars where they've shown us flyers for job opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. really all it is is get the people to show up so they can start grooming them into trafficking, right? Yeah, I used to see that a lot in when I was in Las Vegas. It's funny you mentioned the council. I actually came from the council before I came to Safe Embrace. Uh, you know, we used to see a lot of those like, um, 
come audition for a music video or come do modeling or come do just very different things. And, you know, if you're a 16 make really old, good money better than yes. you can at fast food, right? Yeah. And you yeah. know, if you're 16 years old and you want to be famous, I mean, the last thing you're thinking is I'm going to walk into this room and this is what's going to happen, you know? So it's, you know, it's just, if, if you wanted to be famous and you see this flyer for come dance for MTV, I mean, it's like, oh, my God. why wouldn't you go? Right. Exactly. If that's or even even adults, if you're making minimum wage and you see this flyer, it says no experience needed, make thirty dollars an hour. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And I mean, and it's, you know, even we look at those you know, those survivors and, you know, I, I have a survivor just kind of in my head and obviously can't speak to specifics, but, you know, one of the things that she used to always tell us was, you know, and she was trafficked for a very long period of her life. And it was always a struggle for her because going out into the real world and trying to find a place that she would make money to survive and to support her family. There was often that time where it was, do I go back? Do I sustain what I sustain with my abuser, my pimp, or do I try to get on the straight and narrow and take this job that's only going to pay me $13 an hour and I have three mouths to feed, you know? And so it is. And, you know, once they're in the life, it's really hard to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this over. And yes, it wasn't the best, but at least I was making some sort of income where I could buy myself nice things. I didn't have to worry about a place to live. I didn't, you know, I could feed my kids and not have to worry about those things. So yeah, that allure of that financial piece is it's huge. It's I, huge. I just had a, a quick question. So you mentioned 16, but then you also mentioned feed your kids. So for me, I was thinking trafficking was more the 16, 17, or they're, they're young and then they groom them. Are they actually getting young adults or men and women that I didn't realize that they could be like in their 20s? And because you said kids. Absolutely. I well, had you no know, idea. Well, and you know, when we look at youth, you know, the average age that a youth enters and I say enters is because it's not by choice, but between 12 and 14 years old. I mean, I have heard stories of youth as young as nine and 10, you know, and we do, we see there are adults that are, you know, to this day, um, some of which have, you know, been in our programming throughout that are, you know, in their fifties or sixties too, you know, there's that allure and it, they continue. And sometimes that's the only life they know. And they've, you know, if you started being trafficked at 15 years old and you're 42 now, and that's the only life you've ever lived, that's your norm, you know, and it's, so it's hard. It's hard if you don't have the right services, you know, and it is, like I said, with that specific survivor I was thinking about, you know, she, it was hard. It was really difficult. She, you know, so we would sit down, not me, but my case managers and talk about those pros and cons of what does that look like if you, if you go back. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think traditionally too, Debbie, a lot of people kind of get, it, uh, historically, people had that concept of like baby trafficking across international lines, right? It, it, as human trafficking, there there's so many definitions of human trafficking way beyond just a flat sell of a slave across international borders right. that trying to get the general public to understand that because it's still that part where the general person says human trafficking in Nevada really or they think it's just the prostitution industry. No, it's much more than that. It's yeah. much greater than that. We're ready for a break, right, Debbie? Yeah, we are ready for a break. So when we were, oh my gosh, this is, Kim did say this was gonna be a little bit heavy, but you know, this is so yes. that we realized that there's many ways and, and the verbiage and the word, I had no idea. So this is great education for us. So I'm really grateful. We will be back. And so follow us on social media, on Facebook. Chime in if you're watching the replay 
if you need help, if you know anything, we're going to put the phone numbers in the remarks as well. So hang tight. City Talk about Tom Depp. That's what she said. Come on, let's have some fun with About Town Deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the third segment. It goes so fast of City Talk. I'm your host, Debbie McCarthy. We have Kim Surratt, my co-host. We have Jessica with Safe and Brace. We've been talking some pretty serious stuff, but it's important stuff. So sometimes you see us all perky on the show, but every now and then we have to just dig deep. And that's when I love having Kim around. You rely on me for the deep, emotional, sad <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna let, we're going to take it back to Kim because we still have a few more questions that we um, would like to. Yeah, we still want to get more information out there for we the have public. have lots more to get out. So I still oh, want yeah. to talk to him about what this means. What is human trafficking? What can parents be looking out for? That term grooming, grooming's the big thing that it's not that your kids just get snatched into a car and taken off to another state and they were trafficked. It's usually usually a training slash grooming process where they're grooming them into it. They're changing their mindset Mm -hmm. because what you hear, like with all our most recent news about human trafficking with our very famous person in the country is that they went willingly. Mm-hmm. And because what they're looking for is the psychology of they volunteered. They weren't actually kidnapped, right? They they went because they went willingly is what the traffickers want us to believe. But what the truth is, is that they were psychologically duped into it and trained and groomed into that mindset. So, Jessica, what do we tell parents or family members of even adults? But what are we looking out for? What are the warning signs? So, you know, I think, you know, some of the things, especially with our younger population, you know, um, what what I have, you know, in my experience working with youth, which again, I don't have a ton, but, um, you know, the, the isolation factor, I think that's a big thing too, is because again, this person is coming in, they're, you know, providing them with gifts. So if you have, you know, your 16 year old daughter or son, because, you know, again, I want to make yes. it, I always like to make it you know, mention that it is, it doesn't just happen with it with females or women. Gender neutral, age neutral. Very much. They, yes, it has no set standard. And so, you know, um, the gifts, the, you know, just paying them a lot of attention, taking them out to each, sort of showing them that alluring lifestyle. I think that point you start to see like, where did you get this Michael Kors wash? Where did you get this Louis Vuitton purse? Or, you know, in sort of that pulling back from the family, that isolation component. So the child is starting to isolate a little bit more because maybe they're spending a lot more time with this person who is perceived to perhaps be their boyfriend. You know, so a lot of times we think that these that they're in this relationship with said person and this person is, you know, again, grooming them, giving them all these nice things, alluring them with this, this lifestyle that, you know, is very different from maybe what they're getting at home. And yes, they're, you know, more often than not, a lot of times they're looking for somebody who's a little bit more vulnerable. Um, but that doesn't mean it can't happen to anyone. But not always. Well, yeah. and vulnerable can take a lot of characteristics, right? Absolutely. Um, I do appeals yeah. for social services. So we've seen um, uh, exchange students, you know, they're extremely intelligent. They're here Uh, whether they're here for the college or even a younger program, but a lot of times with the university, but they're in a foreign country and they're unfamiliar with their surroundings and they're more vulnerable because of that, but they're intelligent. Mm -hmm. They're top of their class and they're traveling internationally to study for a reason and they're still 
brought into this, right? So intelligence isn't part of it either. Absolutely not. There's a lot of psychology behind it. So when we're talking about, uh, you know, how do not just parents, but also um, family members of other family members that they're worried about, concerned, you know, how do we reach out? How do they reach out? Where do they get resources? Because you're definitely a resource for survivors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I'll bring up one little thing, because Debbie, have you ever seen, have you been at the airport and you go in the bathroom stall and there's a sign yeah. on the back of the door? It yeah. says, if you need help, call this number. Yeah. Yeah. That's aimed at human trafficking. That's what those signs are there for, mm -hmm. human trafficking. Because a lot of times in that bathroom stall, that may be the only place that they that are alone. Are are alone. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. pretty, pretty scary. I think it was a brilliant campaign to start putting oh, it in airports. It absolutely, yeah. I don't know. Do you know the numbers, how successful it is, if anybody uses it or not? I don't. I know that, you know, when we were talking about putting our campaign together this year, you know, some of the other things that we really wanted to target were um, ride shares, lifts, your Ubers, um, you know, just different ways and different modes of transportation so that we can get the word out there. And I think it's blue campaign is a blue campaign that does the one in the, the airport. Some, I can't think of who something like that. Yeah. Well, I've seen them in taxis, but I have never seen the sign in an Uber or a Lyft. That's a good yeah. point. And we talked about, you know, what could we do like in doctor's offices? Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I think of like when you go to the hospital, there's a sign in the bathroom in labor and delivery about if you're experiencing domestic violence. Well, why shouldn't those signs include human trafficking or, sexual, right. or, you know, things like that. So, you know, really just trying to get the information out there. And so that when, again, like you said, you know, if they're alone, if they have to go into a doctor's appointment by themselves and that's their only opportunity to maybe talk about their victimization they feel safe doing so. Well, I'll tell you, because I'm, so this is my nerd thing. I love watching the doctor shows. Yes, I'm a lawyer and not a doctor, but I love all the doctor shows, Grey's Anatomy, all that stuff. Why and several of them have had programs lately yes. on human trafficking. Yeah. You know, in the emergency room, a young lady comes in and she's got her hand, what we call a handler with her that's making yes. sure she is not telling on them the entire time and they're controlling her medical care and they're telling the doctors, what it is she's feeling instead of yep. letting her speak for herself and but saying their family you know mm -hmm. aunt so and so's with her yep. and it's often a female with a female right and opal i remember that episode <laughs> i know right yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes they're getting human it. trafficking yeah. out in these yeah. tv shows and that's part of what it takes right but yeah. so what services do you guys provide specifically so our services are more focused to the adults uh, victims of human trafficking. Um, we don't do a lot of our, the youth. Um, and I think it's just one, we really haven't branched out and that's something that Awaken does really well. And so there's really not a need for us. You know, if they called us and said, Hey, we need some programming, we'd be like, okay, how do we finagle this? Um, so, you know, the first step is really crisis intervention. So, you know, if you know somebody or you, somebody wants to potentially leave that situation, um, to call us and just say, Hey, I'm in a really bad situation. I need to get away from my pimp. I need to get away from my abuser. We have a 24 hour hotline that is um, staffed with an advocate. I myself take that on a four week rotation. So I know that our staff are actually taking calls. Um, you know, and at that point in time, it's really of what's going on. Are you safe? If you're not safe, how can we get you to a safe place so that we can say, okay, you're finally at a safe place. How do we connect you either with our resources or another program's resources that can meet your needs. And so, you know, and so like before I said, we get too far, yeah. what is the hotline? Because so, I mean, we'll, we'll give it again at the end, but absolutely. 
thinking I'll yep. try to write this down. So our hotline is 775-322-3466. We also have an online web form at www.safeembrace.org. A lot of times we find that it is not safe to call these individuals, but it is safe to email. And so we want for them to feel safe if we were to contact them back. And so they can tell us a little bit about their situation. Is it safe to call you? Is it safe to email you? Um, and what sort of are your needs? Because if we just have to communicate via email, very short appointment at 2 p.m., that's what it is. And so there's not really any sort of identifying information because again, confidentiality at this point is key because we know at that point in time when, you know, even in domestic violence, but trafficking, that it, it's so imperative at that time when they're getting ready to flee that situation and the danger they're potentially in, we want to make sure that we're addressing their needs immediately. Now, do you service all of Northern Nevada or are you? Do. And we've care? actually, so yeah, we actually have had um, trafficking survivors even from out of state. Um, so we, I would say primarily Washoe County, but we have worked with partner agencies throughout the state because sometimes we have it to where maybe their pimp or their abuser finds them at a shelter um, in one of the rural counties or in Clark County. And or relocates really, them, right? Yes, and we need to relocate them. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, there's no stipulation. We don't have any stipulations on time you can stay in our shelter just because you're out of state or you're out of county. Um, there really is no barriers to, to accessing services. Well, and, and remember, yes, you work with the adult, adults, but remember everyone, it, children are kidnapped or mm -hmm. trafficked, go willingly, turn up in the data book as uh, runaways, yeah. but really they were trafficked and they become adults and they're still part of the system. They're still part of the, the, yeah. the trafficking. And they're often when they become adults is when they realize they, they've got to escape and they've got to reach out to someone like you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so numbers, cause we're going to talk about the, your programs and stuff, but, and you've threw it out real quick in the beginning, but how many people you're servicing just adults. We're not talking about awakening the children you're servicing. How many adults right now? So currently in programming, whatever, whatever services you provide, what's your number? So right now, um, we currently have, I want to say, three trafficking survivors on our wait list. Um, we have one trafficking survivor in our shelter, and we have four in our community housing program. Okay, so, so wait any list. So we've got yes, somebody yes. who's being trafficked, who's actively being right, trafficked right now, but you can't help them because they're on your wait so, list. Or they're in another program. Um, but they need something more. And so, you know, what we what we have seen is, you know, sometimes they need, you know, maybe they're going to, um, you know, a substance abuse program. They're getting clean. That is not a barrier for our program. You can come in. Um, you don't have to be clean. You just don't do drugs on property. That's really our rule. Um, but a lot of times it's, you know, and that's what is one of the questions that we ask. That would be the why they're in the wait list part of it. Yes. And one of the biggest indicators when we are doing our, we call them lethality assessments, and we've tweaked them with the help of Awaken um, to do a trafficking assessment. And so there's a score that's assigned based on lethality. And those are the people that are brought in, say, for maybe we have somebody who's on the brink of homelessness, their abusers in prison for five years, they're not immediate danger, but they need the services, but maybe not necessarily as much as that trafficking survivor that needs to flee immediately. And okay. in those cases, um, we may have a wait list in our shelter, but we have really remarkable partnerships with local motels. 
Um, and it's not always ideal. And again, that's where we come together is a community who's in victim services, who's working with trafficking survivors. What can we do for this survivor? We're going to cut order- you off. Ready to help from her toes to her head. Just give her a shout. Call about town deb. My town, your town, or any town, this is About Town Deb presents City Talk. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of City Talk. I'm About Town Deb, Debbie McCarthy, your host, with Kim Surratt, our co-host right here. We get her once a month. And Jessica, with Safe Embrace, we're so happy that you're sharing such important information that we all need to open our eyes. I like to put myself in a happy box and think the world is a happy place. And it is, but we need to be aware of, of situations that do actually happen. They just don't happen on TV like we're talking about. It does happen in our own community and probably many other communities as well. So we're so grateful that you're sharing all this information. And I always give a shout out to Grandma V and Aunt Glenda. So I don't want to forget because family is important. Without Grandma V, I wouldn't be here. So I want to say thank you. So Kim, let's take it on back. All right. Well, and I would I would say yes. Anybody that lives in Debbie's world, it's all lollipops and yeah. you know, rainbows. And- <laughs> And that's not real. Sincerely, and why? sincerely is that happy of a human being. <laughs> but, and then she's got Kim to go, wait a minute, the world's yeah. horrible. Listen and to all my family law cases. Yeah. Yeah. She tells me every now and then when I have to get off my, in, pop out of my bubble and hit reality. So this <laughs> she goes, Kim and goes, what's the most depressing topic we could possibly cover, right? I'll ask Kim. <laughs> so. Yeah. Talk back to safe embrace and Jessica, because this is our last segment. And really, I mean, I my I am so I, I just can't tell you how impressed I am with Nevada and how far we've come uh, off the air. You mentioned the legislature. We really have started to pass some of the best laws in the country. We really do have legislators that are extremely familiar and care about us fixing being ninth in the country for mm-hmm. human trafficking. Right. So, um, but in order to do that, we have to support organizations like Awaken and like Safe Embrace. So what can we do to help you? What, anybody that's listening and is endeared by this, what can they do? You know, I think one of the biggest things and, you know, hopefully if Melissa's watching, she agrees with me that, you know, we can always use the financial support. Um, It's huge. You know, I think a lot of us have faced some deficits this year in terms of, you know, for us, we, the deficit and marriage license funds, you know, and that's a majority of the monies that cover our operational expenses. It keeps a roof over our head, you know, things like that. And so, you know, so and the those other thing- of you listening, it's because no one's getting married because there's no Vegas. Yes, yes exactly. That's yeah. the point. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think, you know, having committed volunteers, you know, it's not necessarily a financial contribution, but to, d- to volunteer your time, you know, uh, we have so many in-kind donations that come and they just make our residents and our clients feel so great. Like they put together beauty packages and, you know, shampoos and just like little things that sometimes make a huge difference in the lives of our victims and our survivors. So, you know, I think in-kind donations, you know, just different things like for us, you know, full-size hygiene products, um, gift cards, you know, things like just little things that we can use. And obviously we've had to really sort of taper back on what we're taking for in-kinds because of COVID. 
Um, but I think, you know, with, with financial support, we can continue to grow programs, we continue to collaborate, we can think outside of the box in terms of what kind of services can we provide these survivors to ensure that they're not going back to these bad situations. And well, gift cards is a good point, because I have, at different times in my life, reached out to a bunch of people and said, go through all your drawers and find all those gift cards you forgot to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really care that you have them. Can we have them? You know, yeah. <laughs> can we use them? Because a lot of people have that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your your resolution. Debbie brought it up in the first segment, but we didn't get to talk about it much. Resolution 195. So this was a collaborative effort between Safe Embrace and Awaken to really kind of fuel that New Year's resolution that most people don't through through the entire year, but something to try. So because there's 195 survivors that we served in 2020, we wanted to say, hey, how can we fuel your resolution using that number? So I think Debbie's resolution is to drink 19 ounces a day, 19.5? 19.5. point five. Extra a day. That's not extra. all you're drinking. That's not extra. enough water. <laughs> it said extra a day. But, extra. But I was looking at your list, and the list is long of amazing ideas. I picked something that was a little bit easier because I really wanted to do it. And I wanted to be aware of it. Okay, this is extra or pour a little bit more or take that extra huge glass. And I wanted to remember and remind myself why I was doing it. Yep. So what, is there a list? Is there, you know, where would they go to find that? And they don't, they could start it in February. They don't have, they can yeah, start. No, they can start at any time they want. January, you're good. Just do it. Yeah, yeah, there's still time. Yeah. So we have a couple of different just options, you know, and we kind of break it as like, you know, some workout options, or if you want to do self-care, if you want to do 19 and a half minutes a day of meditation or reading or something just to kind of center yourself. So, um, there's a list of them on our website at www.safeembrace.org. Um, if you click on the um, Resolution 195 campaign, it will give you some examples and you can kind of see some different things. Mine was to run 195 miles this month. Wow. Uh, six more miles to go. Ooh, woman. Uh, oh, girl. Hopefully I'll make it to the gym. Not sure about this weather. but I'm drinking 19 and a half ounces of wine extra a day. No. Um, <laughs> I thought about that too, but then I'm thinking, go oh, healthy. I got to get people. Go healthy. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if, you're, if you're listening, whether it's live or the replay, if we would love you to put what you would like to do, and even if it's not 195, or if, if you've already picked something, please put it in there. Or if you have any questions, but seriously, I, or if you want to make a donation, you know, we will, every single comment we will answer, we will check, but we would love you to share your ideas of what you feel you could do for 195 as well. So, so for example, I could do hashtag resolution 195 and say i'm going to donate which i am i'm going to do this i'm going to donate 195 dollars a month to safe embrace yeah good job challenge everybody watching this do the exact same thing you can do it 195 dollars a month could be your starbucks in a month right absolutely really bad habits (laughs) put together that's where about town deb loves to do put together 195 packages or care or something or 190 yeah shampoo whatever kits i think that that's something that i could actually i have a facebook page it's going to be opening up on friday maybe i could ask for 195 people to donate something fantastic my list of you're listening i just 
gave you another idea. I think that's a great idea, though. You you can gather your 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 women friends, your church groups, your your young kids can do if they're if they're a Girl Scout or a Cub Scout or Boy. Well, and I know you like full size. Uh, hygiene products, but the reality is you can also use like all those ones when you go to a hotel. Right. I've always oh, absolutely. Them. Yep. Pick that them works too. And we, we oh, give okay. out those hygiene packs very frequently that has, you know, the hotel ones. Many, yeah. How many people come and they're like, I just want to wash my hair or shave my legs and, you know, have a nice soap and like, you know, just some nice things in it. So we all have hotels put out nice stuff. So, yes, exactly. I, like I know it. I get made fun of because I clear it out every day. And then I bring them because I know <laughs> I want to donate them. <laughs> See? No. I got paid for them. They came with my room. I clear them out, too. I actually took some this last last trip. So I ha I do the same thing, Kim. I'm like, they're gonna, they have to toss them anyway. We should take them and donate them. might as well take them. And yeah, you're closer okay. to your 195. I agree. I am closer to it. That is going to be one of my one of my goals is to do that this year. All right, so like everybody else, COVID's hit you guys with your big event, right? What do, what do you usually do? So we have two big events. Um, we have our Top Hats Presents, which is in usually the spring. Uh, we were scheduled to do it in April, and then we're like, oh, maybe in June, and then we're kind of like, mm, COVID. No, just, and, yeah. yeah, probably not. And then we have our Trees and Lights Gala that we do every year. Um, right before Thanksgiving, because it's always nice to have trees that are already decorated delivered to your home. And that's one of my favorite fundraisers. Um, it's gorgeous. It's, I mean, trees and wreaths and it's just, it's well, really- I would beautiful. say, because I know about it, but I know, I think there's a lot of people that don't know about that one. So I didn't know about year, it till last year. Keep that okay. in your mind. I mean, we'll make sure, you know, when the time comes, we'll get the information out. But so remind yeah. us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We'll do. Yes. You know you so, so this year, just like every other organization, it's an important year to donate. It's an important year to really think about these organizations because these events bring a lot of money for these you nonprofits. Do. And so it's important. All right, Debbie, you know, know. okay. Donate people. So donate. donate. So website one more time and I'll have it on my site. Yeah. It's www.safeembrace.org. Yes. So we want you to, you can rewatch the show. You can get lots of information. You can go to all of our websites. You can find out, Kim, how do we get a hold of you if somebody has some family law questions? Lawyersforfamilies.com. That's pretty easy. So Kim, I'm going to give a shout out here because Kim said she was enjoying a little bit of whiskey. So I have yep. Frey Ranch whiskey here, which is our Loretta Fallon, which I love them. And Jazzy George and I with Isogenics, there's this new collagen elixir. And I have, I'm partnering with a spa in town that might be mixing something with it. So there's lots of cool things that are happening. And I have my About Town Deb wine. But this collagen elixir, I've been taking before and after photos. So hopefully I will be glowing more. My hands won't be so dry. All that, my eyelashes will be growing, all that cool stuff. So anyway, lots of good stuff happening. I'm just grateful to be your About Town Deb, my town, your town, any town. I love connecting with you. I'm grateful for Kim. I'm grateful for Kurt, who is one of our sponsors with Gratis Gives. And Jessica, you and your whole team and all your board members and your volunteers, you have such an amazing board. 
And I want to also thank Sean McConnell because he's actually, I've always supported you guys, but he's like, he got me in a little bit deeper. Yeah. Hey, you're going to help on the events and you're going to do that. So I'm very grateful for all your volunteers and everybody. And you out there, if you're listening, we appreciate you for tuning in to About Time Deb. 